How's it going, everybody? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Ben. Happy New Year. Oh, you didn't tell me we were going to be having eggnog. Eggnog? That's Christmas. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't see people are in the holiday season. I don't know what traditions are. <laughs> well, uh, Happy New Year to everybody, and I hope you all had a great Christmas and, and all of that kind of stuff. Did you have a good Christmas, mate? Uh, I had a pretty. I had a pretty quiet Christmas. Uh, yeah. So yes, it was great. Um, <laughs> my father, my father took off for Geelong uh, to help out some friends. My sister was off uh, doing weird stuff with her in-laws. So I, uh, I spent the day on my PlayStation Five, being having my I was going to say being, but having my ass kicked by um, what I'm assuming are six-year-olds <laughs> on Fortnite. <laughs> I mean, it, it does sound like the most depressing Christmas day ever until people actually know you and understand that that's a pretty good day. It's <laughs> a pretty good day. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. What is that? So, yeah. <laughs> Meaning that we both don't like people. People. Yeah. How was your Christmas, man? Pretty good. Did the family thing and um, it was a nice day. Uh, I don't like the travel aspect of Christmas when you have to bounce, you know, to far off places, but Where, did it was you good. Go, which, whose family did you go to? You, yours or your partner's? I went to mine. Into mine, um, and yeah, so it was a, it was a nice day. It's good to be there when there's kids and you can watch them open the presents because that that makes it kind of worthwhile. If it's if there's no kids involved in presents, it's sort of it's just another family occasion. Yeah, but um, no, it was good. And your New Year's, you have a good New Year's, which was only what yesterday. <laughs> it was only yesterday. Oh yeah. Okay. As as I as I explained to my work colleague when they sent a Happy New Year text uh, this morning I said I was I was asleep by 10 it was magnificent <laughs> it was the first year in memory that I've had a night in on New Year's Eve like usually Mel and I like to go and find something and it doesn't have to be something big we just like to be with people on New Year's Eve it's a, it's a weird thing I don't like people but I'm selective on those I like to be with on New Year's Eve mm. but this was the first year that we didn't do that and then lo and behold half the people I'm chatting to they're all spending the night in too so it was like a couch it, it was the it was the first year that i didn't have to make up bullshit as to why i couldn't <laughs> hang out with people because i got zero invites so it's finally worked <laughs> the years of knocking back invitations the messages finally got through that ben doesn't like to leave the house i have toyed with the idea of doing a good movie monday new year's eve shindig just for all of the players but i never bring it up because i know for a fact that half of them will just say nah i got got plans so you know it would just be you and me yeah that's a lot. You, can't, you, know you can't get I, I wouldn't i wouldn't hate that no it'd be fine but you we couldn't get it. that we could we should just set up that that fancy new green screen you've got yeah. and uh, <laughs> just put channel nine in the background on silent yeah. on the green screen and just talk in front of it well no yeah we should do a live new year's eve stream see if anyone actually tunes in yeah yeah. <laughs> anyway, what are we here for? We're here to um, actually finally address the, um, the, the the best movies of 2022, Better Late Than Never. Well, what do you mean? Like, it literally, the day, the year only ended. 
yesterday. No, but you know what? And I, I kind of agree with you. Like, it's not too late. This is the perfect opportunity to do it because the year is over. We're one day in. Yeah. Let's go. But I noticed that most people online and organisations too are doing it just after Christmas. And I'm like, no, have you given yourself time? That's incorrect. I use... They're wrong. <laughs> I use that five days between Christmas and New Year's to try, desperately try, <laughs> and catch up on all of the potentially good films that I haven't seen uh, in the year that have since come out on streaming or physical uh, <laughs> yeah. media. It didn't work. I have to admit that it did not work. I spent those five days, I binged watched Wednesday, <laughs> Outer Banks, and The Recruit instead of watching movies like I was supposed to be. And, you know, that's funny because I've spent a lot of my downtime just binging television as well. Like, I've, I've doing the National Treasure. I've, you know, doing oh, the did new... Oh, National Treasure did that as well? Yeah, that was quite fun. I did the, um, the like, the new 1923 up until where they're at. I've done, yeah, I've done Mosquito Coast. And, and I've actually just started going right back to the start of Jack Irish and doing those again. So, like, we're supposed to be, like, you know, I'm supposed to be catching up on movies, particularly with some things I've got going on, but... <laughs> yeah. No, no. Just TV. Is, look, it's you know, even movie nerds needs need a break <laughs> every now and then. And it's isn't that funny too? Like you know, people always envious for what we kind of do for a living because it all revolves around movies. And, and I understand that, but there is a level of fatigue by the end of the year where you're like, you know, I'm done with movies. Like I'm actually, I'm over it. I need a break. And that's where TV swoops in and, and sort of does the trick. It fills the gap. Yeah, like sometimes, very rarely, I actually want to get off my ass and do something and not sit in front of the TV watching <clears throat> yeah. a movie. Well, the other thing, too, is I've, I've this year in particular, I've done a self-imposed, will not do any sort of work while I'm on my downtime. So that means, I mean, and what are we doing here? We're doing some <laughs> podcast work, um, but we promised some some filler videos and, and content throughout the summer. So that's what this is. But um. But at the same time, the second I stop and I'm not, my, my laptop's down, I'm not actually doing any work, it's all I want to do. It's like get yeah. in there and start recording or do something. But So here we are to record. Let's go through our top 10 list for 2022. Should we go, um, we'll start from 10, work our way through to one. Should we go 10, 10, 9, 9? Like Let's that? do that. All right. Yeah. How about you go first? All right. My number 10 is uh, Dick Tales Rib Spreader. Oh, mate, that, that made my honourable mentions. Had to put it in there. The guy has worked so hard on this on this film, and it is a truly magnificent Australian trauma film. Yep. Uh, I had, so, I, I, look, it had to go in. There, there are, you know, it's hard to, when you see some of the films that I left off, things like Avatar, and you're like, Avatar didn't make it in, but Rip Spreader <laughs> did. Fuck yeah. Because well, believe it yeah. or not, I, th I think the story is much better in Rip Spreader than it is well, in Yes, I mean, between, and the other thing between, too, like uh, you, me, and everyone, uh, everyone <clears throat> not watching this at home. Your average, your average, you know, Joe would look at rib spreader and like think, "What the fuck is this?" You know, shit. You know, trashy shit. But if you are into fuck trashy him. shit, no, yeah, exactly. But if you are into trashy shit and you understand it on a certain level, rib spreader is up there with your street trashes. It's it's like it's up there with some of Troma's most iconic films. And I'm not saying that to blow smoke up Dick Dale's ass. Like it is, um, it surprised me. I didn't know he had it in him, and I'm so thrilled that he did. You know, I, I just I thought it was great. I thought it, I thought everything about it was yeah. uh, was fantastic and uh, hilarious. 
my my old boss Neil Foley is uh, is the (laughs) The flower man. The flower man. To give anything of the flower man, he is absolutely brilliant. Lawrence Harvey, like a bunch of people I know are in it. Yes, it's it's, it's um, excellent all around. Yes, I I completely agree. And Dick knows how I feel. I, I I sent him personal messages just to congratulate him and and just to genuinely tell him how I felt about the film. It's um for everybody watching. He's put years and years of you know dedication into this, and it's finally come to fruition. And I hope it does well on a global level. Like I hope it actually hits some festivals. You know, I don't know what kind, but I hope it finds an audience around the world. No, you know what I mean. Like you got your yeah. your your trauma festivals, and you've got it'll your, go to your it'll go to your genre film festivals. Yeah, and underground ones and things like that. Um, but I do hope it finds a global audience. And, well, it um, played the Adelaide Fringe. It had its world premiere at the Adelaide Fringe. So. <clears throat> Yeah, hey, we know that we've got a pocket of um, fans over in Kentucky uh, and surrounding states. So if you're watching this or listening, um, hit up or look up Rib Spreader by Dick Dale. It's it's well worth your time. That's a great number 10. Made my made my short list of sort of honourable mentions, but didn't quite make the 10. And so my number 10. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you're gearing up to throw to somebody. and I'm like, I was. I was gearing up for a segue and I'm like, oh, I'm throwing to myself. <laughs> uh ambulance the michael bay film so i didn't get a chance to watch this it was on my it's the 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 films that i really wanted to watch prior to doing this list and it was ambulance was on that list yeah and uh i'll just have to watch it i'll have to watch it yeah i mean prior to us recording this we had a brief chat and i presented to you your last year's top 10 and you're like why did i, I think it was actually the year before i think it was 20, 2021 was it well, whichever it was, I think it was 22, but whatever it was, um, no, you're right. 21. Um, whatever it was, um, <laughs> yeah. you're like, why did I, why did I choose that? And I'm like, well, what those you, in there? You're the same predicament as this year, my friend, just haven't had time to watch everything, but, um, ambulance, I, I chose it. And, and it must be said that these are not necessarily the best films of the year. They're just our favorite films of the year. At least they are for me. Yeah. And Ambulance was just a total flashback to the movies of the 90s that Michael Bay used to make, the kind of movies that are not, you know, necessarily politically correct. They're not necessarily, you know, towing a a trend. They're just balls-to-the-wall action movies that don't relent. And Ambulance doesn't relent. It's action nonstop from start to finish. And I've really got a kick out of it. It it felt very similar to Wrath of Man. Yeah, right. Yeah, I definitely have to watch it. Because that that was in my top 10 from... On that list, and yeah, that's the, that was the one I was like, yeah, that, that should, and I, like I think Zola was number one on that list, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was a tough choice between Zola and Wrath of Man. You love Zola though, you really, really talk. I really up. like Zola. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a hair in my face. What the fuck? Anyway, your turn, number nine. Uh, number nine for me is Fresh. Ah, yes. Yeah, uh, Disney Plus, <laughs> the surprising <laughs> Disney Plus uh, film that we luckily got to see uh, in the cinema. Uh, yes for a preview screening um starring sebastian stan and oh now her name's just gone right out of my head uh she's the she was also the star of where the crawdads sing. yeah i know i can't remember her name otherwise i would have jumped in and normal people and she's in with the war of the worlds tv series not felicity but something like that um i really liked that I, i you know you know there was there I think after the screening, a lot of people were like, eh. but uh, I, th- I was thoroughly entertained through the whole thing. I thought everyone in it was great. Super yeah. charismatic. It was a lot of fun. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I, I like that one too. It didn't make my shortlist or anything, but um, looking back on that one, it, it just like it's another movie where it does have a message that it that it doesn't beat you over the head with it. You know, like it's yeah. like it's got political context, whatever. But um, yeah, just really, really surprising. And there's a few films that kind of have a very similar tone to it this year, which um may get sort of mentioned as we go through. But my number nine is Orphan Two, Orphan oh. First Kill, yeah, which um. I, I guess, I mean, ordinarily, you'd think, why would Orphan 2 make a top 10 list for the year? But it just surprised me that much that a sequel to an okay movie, in my mind... The first one was excellent. I so. know. We've, we've had that conversation, <laughs> right? I wasn't that taken by it. But this one came along and just built upon it, expanded on it. Like It just was so much better than the original and clever. It didn't repeat the twists and turns of the original. It had well, its, its own... It's- it's one that couldn't because that's yeah. the big reveal of the first one Yeah, is out there. So all of a sudden the filmmakers have to go somewhere different and a big, you know, look, a, a big round of applause to both the lead actress, whose name I don't know. And Julia Stiles, who, who mm. I, I think we talked about this when we talked about the film, Yeah, you know, for the first half of the film, you're like, geez, Julia Stiles is a terrible actress. Julia Stiles is the greatest actress in the world. Yeah, totally. Totally. I don't know. Like, I think, who did we see that with? We were with people, I think. But I remember a, a general conversation. Everybody was like surprised. You know, Jesus Christ, that was good. It might have been Emma. And um, we were just all saying that that caught us off guard. And it just, and it's, I can't remember the guy's name that directed it, but he he did uh, The Boy and Boy 2 Brahms and movies like that. So I kind of, you know, I like what this guy does on screen. And anyway, there we go. Orphan 2. Number eight for you, my friend. Unfortunately, or fortunately, my number eight is often first kill. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there you go. A nice tidy uh tidy video. Just, yeah. just speed through it. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to add to it? Uh no, not really. I think I think I, I, I managed to say everything I was gonna say about it uh okay, yeah, okay. just then. So all right. Well then my number eight would be Beast with uh Idris Elba. Wow. But, um yeah, and once again, uh, just uh, I think most of these movies are movies that surprise me. I went in with a certain expectation and came out thoroughly entertained. And Beast was, you know, I was expecting a creature feature, you know, adhering to all the tropes and things like that, and it did. But it just did them so well. Like, I jumped out of my seat more times than I can remember, um, even though I kind of knew where it was going. There were a few surprises here and there. Um, I think it laid out some subtext that paid off later in the film very nicely. And um, and it's just been a long time since we've had a really, really effective creature feature. I think Crawl was the last one I can think of that affected me the same way. So, yeah, Beast gets a big thumbs up for me. Yeah, excellent. Uh, well, then my number seven, I'm constantly having to refer to my list because I have the memory of a goldfish, it <laughs> is uh, T-West's X. Is it Ty West or T-West? Ty West, I don't know. I don't know. Probably, right. probably Ty, Ty West sounds better. Yeah, well, what we're but doing it is, is we're... Ti, which is I, don't know. I think it's Ty West, but we're covering the bases for people that in other countries can't pronounce Ty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might be uh, some uh, South Africans out there that are T West, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm just going by his initials. There's a full stop after the T. <laughs> one, uh, uh, one that made my honourable mentions again. See, uh, and look, unfortunately, one of the other films that I didn't watch was Pearl thanks to the lack of a theatrical screening for it, which may actually still happen uh, in 2023. Now that Universal has picked it up for Australia, it may get a theatrical release, who knows, even if it's a limited one. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
but for me, I thought I thought X was kind of a like a it's probably my favorite Ty West film since House of the Devil. Um, I think it is my favorite of his films. I think it's his most accomplished. Yeah, definitely. And look, it, it, you know, people who've listened to the show know that I'm a I'm a dirty sleaze bag, and it had some f- amazing dirty sleaze moments in it which I really appreciate it had Martin Henderson, who we got to talk to, who was lovely. And we had a great chat. We got, to, I got to talk about talk. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. So it was a, that's a definitely on my, on my top 10 this year. Yeah. That was a, that was a really great film. You know, what kind of, I think ruined some of the mojo for me with that one is I was at a screening for it and got, my phone went off in my pocket just relentlessly. Just it didn't stop. So I had to kind of, you know, look at my phone and it was work related and it's something I had to address there and then. So I kind of missed, you know, 10 minutes of movie because I'm trying to address stuff that was work related. So that kind of probably threw a spanner in it for me. But yeah, it's such an effective movie, just uh conceptually, stylistically. And the fact that he filmed Pearl at the same time is incredible. Yeah. And no one, no one knew. Yeah. And it was made, is made you know, in this part of the world, in uh, New Zealand. Yep, yep. Uh, with oh, Mia Goth, who's just kicking goals at the moment, Brittany Snow, as I said, Martin Henderson, uh, and um, Wednesday Adams herself. Uh, totally. Uh, is it, who's, and she's fantastic in it. Certainly is. Certainly is. What isn't yeah. Mia, Mia Goth is such a great screen name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, some people you wonder, are these like stage names or real names? Or, you yeah, know, and I think, names, yeah. I think that's a real name, like... Anyway, so luck. my number seven is Moon Age Daydream, the David Bowie documentary. Um, once again, once again, one I got to speak with Brent Morgan, the um, the director. It's it's an odyssey. It's it's a musical documentary that uh, documentary is the wrong word for it. It's just a a journey into sight and sound, and it sort of, in a way, it's a non linear narrative. It just goes, it ebbs and flows through moments of his career and lots of personal footage of him talking to camera. Uh, the camera at some point in time through his career followed him on uh, side things he was doing that weren't music related. And have you seen it? No. Oh well, no, I, I, I haven't think, seen it. I think if you if any if you love David Bowie, it's it's essential viewing. And if you don't love David Bowie, it might really light the fire, you know, to go and have a look at his career. But it's a it's a long documentary. I think it's two and a half hours, but it it is just loud, colorful, and doesn't slow down. So it's yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. One of the best music dockers I've seen in a long time. So there we go. There we go. Uh, number six for me. And now I don't think this is going to appear on 99% of lists for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Is, uh, <clears throat> is a bullet train. Bullet train. I really, I really, just nonstop. Like, like, like you were saying with ambulance for me, bullet train was that kind of nonstop kind of awesome action movie that, uh, you know, I, I liked I liked everyone in it. Yep. I liked the story. I liked I liked everything about it. I, I <clears> thought it was it was uh, hilarious and uh, yeah, just it's like a, stylized. It, it, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it ticks all the right boxes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's really when I look at my list. That's to a degree. That's kind of what it appears I'm into. The same <laughs> but different. Yeah, but just done well. well. My list is essentially I just need to feel entertained when I come out of the cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there are there are so many movies that disappoint. So, you know, I feel, I mean, it's been a pretty good year though, particularly with horror films, but I just feel like, like um, you know, 
there's been more entertaining non-horror films this year than than previous years. But yeah. So my number six is um friend of the show Matthew Holmes is the cost, which you screened at Monster Fest. We um, did. Really, really cool little homegrown revenge thriller that's just a nasty little treat. It's got a just a, a simple story of you know two blokes getting revenge on a rapist that uh, raped their husband and sister. What you say, the two blokes, just a couple of blokes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a couple of blokes having a drink, slash, <laughs> having get revenge on a rapist. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it, once again, it's a it's a genre that's been done to death. Like there, you know, there are so many rape revenge genre movies. And it's, it's not quite rape revenge in the sense that the female gets, you know, retaliation. It is, you know, the the loved ones that you know, get revenge on her behalf. Because I think yeah, she, you know, we won't go into the story, but um, it's not spoil it for anyone. Yeah, it is um a nasty little treat. Matthew Holmes. It's a surprise for him because you know he's come off historical dramas like Twin Rivers and. Um, the legend of um, Ben Hall, which you know anyone that watches or listens to the show knows that I'm a big fan of his and his work. And this was, you know, came out of left field. I didn't, once again, didn't know he had that in him to go in this direction. And um, yeah, just had me at the edge of my seat all the way through. Excellent. Uh, well, funnily enough, for my number five, mm-hmm. it's another film that we screened at Monster Fest. As uh, a French film called Lockdown Tower. Oh, you've told me about this one. Yeah, I look. It's it's a super bleak <clears throat> film uh, about a, a group of people kind of basically trapped in a in an apartment building in France, mm-hmm. uh, while it's surrounded by this black blackness. There's yeah. no way to describe it, and anything that goes into the black just automatically dies or gets cut off. So you stick your hand in there, your hand is cut off, and your arms just perfectly cauterized. Uh, and it's just these people, and it um, it takes place over. It kind of goes over years, and so you, like you watch what kind of you know what happens to these people. And I, th- I, th- I thought it was super interesting because usually in these movies, I find like like any good Dinar Coots novel, he he he's got a great idea, gets to a certain point, and they're like, "How do we end this?" <laughs> <laughs> and so the endings are always weird, and, or you know, they, like or they figure it out, and they're only in there for a couple of weeks, and everyone's you know devolved into savagery after the short period of time but this movie goes what if it's years yeah right yeah that, that's something that um, something stephen king does as well gets to the end yeah. he's like shit i didn't think about this part <laughs> <laughs> let's just wrap it up yeah, but this, yeah right. this movie was 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 truly excellent i have no idea about when it's coming out if it's coming out locally when it's coming out locally who's bringing it out i i don't yeah i don't know but, I'm looking uh, forward to you... it, man, because you suggested I get along to see this one. And as as you know, I had COVID when Monster Fest hit. And how long ago was Co- um was um Monster Fest now? Because I kind of still have COVID. I've got like long COVID, and all the symptoms are still with me, and it's killing me, man. Fucking it was annoying. The, it was the end of November, so you, it's been a month. Yeah, I tell you what, it feels like a lot longer. But um, every morning I'm waking up feeling like shit. But uh, anyway, uh, that's another story. So, <laughs> what number was that? That was number five. My number five is another Aussie movie, Seriously Red, uh, which is a movie oh. um, that's... Which you I've didn't liked... want to see. You did not want to see. I was not... Yeah, I was not taken by it. Like, you know, in the in the marketing sense, the ads didn't do much for me. And then uh, lo and behold, I, I watched it for work and it just... It blew my mind. It's, it's very similar in style to, say, Muriel's Wedding. It's got that sort of uh, larrikin Aussie um, ochre feel to it. 
I kind of like it more than Muriel's Wedding, and you know, which is blasphemous for a lot of people, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> Crew Boylan is the lead actress, and she wrote the film, and it's essentially about a woman who discovers her calling as a Dolly Parton impersonator. And in order for her to succeed, her manager decides to partner her with a Kenny Rogers impersonator. And so these two go on the road as Kenny and Dolly. But the interesting thing is Daniel Webber plays Kenny. His character is so invested in Kenny that you never get any real backstory on who he is. Even when they're in their private life, he's so traumatized by something in his past that he just hides as Kenny Rogers. And it's just, it's its not only very, very funny, but it's its earnest and it's got a real deep sort of sentimental aspect to it. So... Do they mention Kenny Rogers' chickens? <laughs> I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch it and, again and, and see if I can pick up on that. But it's also got Bobby Carnival in it. He's great. He plays like a a, a boss, but also a, a, a former Neil Diamond impersonator. So he's very funny. Um, he's there's a lot of other... up in a lot more Aussie films now that he's married to Naomi uh, Watts. No, Rose Byrne. Is it Rose Byrne? Oh, Rose Byrne. Sorry, Rose Byrne. And Rose Byrne. To... Rose Byrne Who's is in it was... too. Yeah, right. Who's the yes. one that was married to, to Naomi Watts? Oh, it's um, Liev. No, not Liev Schreiber. Yeah, Liev Schreiber. Yeah, yeah. And he was in Mental, which is um. Yeah. Similar kind of movie. But yeah, so Bobby Carnival, Rose Byrne, and a few others. Danny Minogue makes a, a pops up as a cameo and it's just a, it's a, a Danny Minogue impersonator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and it's funny. It's it's very funny. It's, I, I highly recommend it. I'm looking forward to watching it again. And we will have our crew Boylan on the show. Um I've spoke to her for work and, and she's keen. So look out for that this year. Cool. All right. Your number four. Number four is a movie I managed to catch at MIFF this year, Emily the Criminal. Right. Tell me about it. Starring Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah. Now I know. Yeah, it's a a bit of a departure for Aubrey because it's a pretty kind of hardcore drama, crime thriller type type movie about this this woman who kind of, uh, she's... She's a artist slash kind of graphic designer, but due to a criminal infraction in her youth, uh, she's struggling to find work in her chosen field. And she's like struggling under a weight of student debt and all sorts of stuff. And um, she kind of gets dragged into the world of credit card fraud. And uh, it kind of, yeah, derails kind of derails her life and it's just it's just this it's a really good movie like and she like you kind of you go in thinking that you kind of know who she is and then it kind of it takes a turn it was it was really really strong a really really strong kind of indie american film i thought like really good has that hit streaming platforms yet i actually have no idea i don't know i'll be looking out for it, it does sound good uh, I I mean I believe it has come out <clears throat> overseas on streaming platforms. Of course it has. <laughs> um, but uh, whether it's come out here, I don't know. But it's definitely yeah. Look, I, it was it was on Myth Play for a while too. Awesome. Ah, um, uh, what have I got for number four? Barbarian. Oh, okay. This is my yeah. number two. Number two. Well, we'll skip through that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you can. I mean, you can add to this conversation. Um, we've spoken about this one quite a bit. I think not only did we do a video for it, but on the, the Christmas episode, we spoke about it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, a surprise movie. It just went in all kinds of directions that I wasn't expecting. I had very little knowledge of it, except for the basic premise of the um, 
the what do you call it? Not an Airbnb or whatever it is. It, it, yeah, it was an Airbnb, and that's the thing that's amazing about it. Really, is that is that all the marketing and stuff was about the Airbnb stuff, which is really only the first, yeah, twenty thirty minutes of the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's rare that you get such a heavy focus in the marketing to misdirect you. Yeah. Because there's so many, um, who was it? it was, Melzi was talking to me about another movie that um, they were promoting for uh, Melbourne Horror Film Society and they put the trailer for the movie. I think it might've been Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. The trailer went up and all of the spoilers and twists and turns are in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so, you know, Barbarian could have easily gone that way and they just chose to give you a basic premise and then surprise the shit out of you. And I think that's what makes it even scarier because you just have no idea where you're going. Hmm. And perfect casting too. Like they really played up. They played on your on your concept your preconceptions of the cast. Yep. Totally. Really well. They've cast them for that purpose. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right. What's your number four? Uh, three. My, number three. My number three. My number three is Black Phone. That's my number two. Number two. Well, there we go. We <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which I, I like. It was a perfect kind of throwback eighties or seventies. Um, horror film very similar in certain aspects to both fresh and barbarian i thought um you know like and the sixth like you know with nods to the sixth sense and you know a whole bunch of kind of you know other cool horror films just like really slick you know really um what's the word like it like it like you said earlier kind of you know it hit all the marks yeah perfectly like you know you knew what it was kind of going in and it was just pitch perfect in in kind of every way yeah i think so what i really particularly liked about this one and once again this is interesting that we're we're hitting a quite a few movies that we've spoken to the filmmakers um on Mm. on the show so there's an interview with scott derrickson who addresses this kind of stuff but it came at the right time when everybody's feeling nostalgic for the eighties or the seventies. So stranger things had come along and sort of wet our appetite for BMXs and that kind of thing in childhood just, for our generation. Just a, t- a time before mobile phones. Really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It just, it I'm, actually doesn't matter. Eighties, nineties, eighties or seventies. It's just yeah. the what's most noticeable is the absence of handheld devices and the internet. Yeah. And, and what, what I loved about this though, and this is what Scott Derrickson also said is that, it didn't romanticize our nostalgia. He's like, I wanted to depict the childhood that actually existed. And therefore there's schoolyard fights and they're nasty as fuck. Like they yeah. are brutal. And I remember those fights at school. Yeah. You know, I, I love remember the, the, the toughest guy in school or the third toughest guy in school or whatever they rank it. His fights are so awesome. Yep. Yep. And so I liked the, the era it depicted and it had a, definite sense of realism which kind of i think counterbalanced when it goes into fantasy realms yeah so yeah no, i'm glad you've put that in your list because that's yeah definitely number two for me but um so we're up to number we prize my, probably we need to go to each other's number ones now because uh <clears throat> no i've still my got number, my number two is by bearing which we've talked about your number two is black phone which we've talked about so it's okay really i've still got number three one. to go i thought you just what was your number three I haven't okay. done it yet because we're talking about Black Phone, which was yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers would be my, right. my number three, which um I just again surprised me. It, it was way better than it should have been. Uh, very very clever. A little bit meta. I don't like it when films go too meta, but this one was just the right amount to sort of you know, um to to trigger those people that were fans of the show back in the day. 
And yeah, not much else to say about it, but um, I don't didn't usually we get a, uh, Didn't we get a salty comment about uh, about this film on Facebook or uh... TikTok? TikTok. I think it was. Um, yeah, because I was having this kind of conversation and talking it up and how much I, 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 it surprised me. And some wanker just came in and said, oh, grown men talking about kids' movies, like, you know, get a life or something like that, which I thought was hilarious. It's like I, my, my response was, on a movie show, go figure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't want to, like, this is the kind of thing that, that kind of, you know, we dealt with pre-Big Bang Theory, then the Big Bang Theory comes out and all of a sudden everyone's a nerd and it's cool. Like, well, I guess it actually wasn't Big Bang Theory. It was the episode one. Star yeah. Wars episode one, when that came out, all of a sudden it was cool to be a nerd. And well, uh, the, the irony of this, though, whoever that dickhead was, his handle and avatar on, on TikTok was like manga. Yeah. <laughs> They're for adults, man. <laughs> it's cartoons for adults. They fucking these cartoons. That's right. They got dicks. <laughs> they fucking their tentacle, tentacle, tentacles rape chicks, man. <laughs> uh, and don't they love that? They do. All right. So my number, number one. one film of the year. No surprise. I've mentioned it multiple times throughout <clears> the year. <throat> this is my number one. Going to be my number one film of the year, and it is my number one film of the year. It is an unbearable weight. Of Matt <laughs> Why the fuck did I not instantly <laughs> like, go with that? Your face going, how can you not know? I know. I'm like, I'm anticipating something like epic, and I'm like, should have fucking known. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nicolas Cage gives good smooches. And really, <laughs> drinking game. <laughs> what more do I need to say? Uh, it is. It's just totally magnificent. I, I can't wait to watch it again. I've got it sitting on the shelf behind me, and it's probably the perfect viewing uh for downtime yeah just just a wonderful clever concept and i kind of it made my honorable mentions right next to everything everywhere all at once i kind of they're par they're on par for me sort of um, see i didn't uh I, i'm everything everywhere all at once did not make my honorable mentions it is well it can't it's on my list but yeah. I, it was never a serious one on my list because i just i kind of i just didn't like it yeah, well, like, I liked it, but I think fatigue got the better of me in that one. I, it went on a bit too yeah. much, and I just sort of came out going, oh, when is it going to end, you know? Like, I can appreciate it for, for <laughs> everything that's in it, but I didn't like it. Yeah, some good. there's some good butt plug stuff in there. There's some, yeah, and, yeah, sausage fingers, yeah. <laughs> and rocks. Hilarious, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> you know, and fucking, you know, um, what's her name is, what's her name is in it? Which uh, is a kind of a return to form. Oh, uh, um, the hang on, you're talking about uh, Data and Data. Short Round. Yeah, Short I Round. I can't remember his name. Key something. Yeah. yeah. What a what a return too. Like not you know, Ernie was, Ray's Junior. <laughs> it's like he he hadn't been anywhere. Like he was, you know, he just came back on the screen, bounding. You know, like he'd just been making movies the whole time. Yeah. And I'm I'm go- I haven't looked at his IMDb. I'm going to guess he's got movies lined up. How how, how could he not? have a complete comeback after that yeah anyway good one mate my number one just for that nostalgic reason uh was top gun maverick top gun maverick it just i i saw it's the only movie this year i've seen three times at the cinema yeah right um, it, it just it really impressed me that much i like that it was just a no nonsense 80s style movie you know there was there's no beating around the bush with it it was simplistic yes but it hit those it's it's a Bruckheimer production you know like if you've seen yeah. 
if you've seen a Bruckheimer production from the eighties, then that's what it is. And, uh, and the yeah. soundtrack was great. The the sound design was great. The practical stunts were amazing. And once again, we've interviewed two of the stars on the show. I look. It's in my honourable mention. I did not include it in my top ten primarily because mm. I figured, is this a movie that I think is great now? And <laughs> then when, if I look back on this list uh, in two years' time and go, what was I thinking? I've I haven't even thought about this film again since. See well, it interesting, interesting you say that, say because, that because, oh, I just heard feedback. I'm talking to myself now. I wonder if that's coming through on the video. I didn't hear it. Okay. Maybe just the voices in my head. Uh, so what was I going to say? I can't remember. doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't help oh, you. Oh, no, you were talking about um, whether it will hold up, hold you know, up. Yeah. Um, later on. And I kind of don't care because like, I'm, I'm judging these purely on this year, how I felt about them and, and they're my favorites as opposed to best. But we saw Avatar Way of Water recently, just before Christmas. Yes, we did. I was very impressed with it. I still am impressed with it. But even since seeing it, my opinion of it has diminished greatly. Look, Same I, thing happened with the first one. Yeah. Look, I mean, for me, Avatar is, it's this year's West Side Story. I can appreciate <laughs> it for the monumental feat of filmmaking that went into, yep. into making it. But I thought it was, and like I've, I've heard, I, I listened to an interview with James Cameron talking about it and talking about his writing style and how he basically works backwards from, I, you know, I've got a couple of scenes in mind with some cool shit and then I write backwards from that. Yeah. And that totally feels like what this film is there's just a lot of there's a lot of unnecessary it it, it just should have been 90 minutes it should have i think it would have been fantastic it yeah, just didn't if... need to be as as epic as he wanted to make it i mean it's not fucking ben-hur no. or the greatest story ever told or any of those kind of you know hollywood epics how I the mean... west was won any of that sort of stuff it <laughs> is a fucking it's a science fiction action movie 90 minutes max 120 Yes, and he is leading the charge with this whole promise of we've got five or six more to come. Don't make them all three hours. Just don't. I mean, look, and his response to to a lot of that has been, you know, um, you you'll binge watch you'll binge watch eight hours of a TV show. So don't talk to me about you know having to sit in the cinema. But my like, I literally like my knee started to ache from being bent you know in what? the same position for so long. I. I do binge watch a lot of stuff, but I also have a pause button and a toilet I can visit. Yeah. I've got food I can get. When you're at IMAX in the middle, it is not easy to... And I can look at my phone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I can, you um, know, I can think about other things. I just... So, you know, the, anyway, like off off topic from the top 10, but yeah, Avatar, like it, it should have been 90 minutes. I agree. They all should be 90 minutes at, at you know, at best. Well, Monster and... Fest made me really appreciate the 75 to 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the best. We had a few of those and they were all excellent. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the duration has been dictating a lot of my viewing over the last few months anyway. Like my personal viewing, not work viewing. I just like, how long is this? How long I, is this? I remember Jarrett mentioning one of the, when I, when I kind of was, first started working with Jarrett and he'd talking about how he would like, he'd pull out DVDs and, or Blu-rays and go, Oh, it's 70 minutes. Yep. I watched that one tonight. Thinking, yeah. Like I've never, it never even occurred to me to check the running time of a movie. I do that. I do that. And now I'm a hundred percent on board with it. Like, <laughs> yep. oh, 80 minutes. Yeah. I'll watch this one. 120 minutes. No, no. 
Because, and the funny thing is, and that that's perfect if you kind of know what you want to watch, right? But if you're flicking through Netflix, that time frame diminishes as you go because half an hour later, it's, well, I've lost half an hour. So now we're looking for a 70-minute movie, you know? like, And that's now right. we're looking for, you know, now we're looking for a 30-minute episode of something. And suddenly it's yeah. like, I'll just watch a YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then that'll, then that'll then turn into three off. hours of YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And it does. What uh, what uh, what have you got? Uh, just give me a list to run down of your honourable mentions. Okay, well, I had Ribs, Breder and X in there, which we uh, spoke about. I had The Fablemans in there. Really enjoyed that, the Spielberg okay. film. And I really, really want to watch that for a second time because I think there's a lot more to get in, get out of it. Um, yeah, everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Unbearable, Weight of Massive Talent. I had Men in there as an honourable mention. I had Good Luck, Leo Grand with Emma Thompson. I thought that was really good. Oh, and then two more. I had the Banshees of uh, Inisherin, which, um, yeah, the more I think about that movie, the more I like it. And Halloween Kills. <laughs> or Ends, Ends, I should say. Halloween, oh, Halloween ends. ends. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Be careful. You don't want to. <laughs> I had in my list, I had Violent Night, which I thought was really great. That was good. Amsterdam, which I enjoyed. Smile, yeah. Top Gun Maverick. I had The Lost City, which was a, a surprisingly entertaining. It was entertaining. Uh, film, and I'm a big Sandy fan, so no surprise there. Uh, Predator Prey, I thought, was uh, really, really, really strong. Yep. I would have loved to have been able to include that. Uh, I had Confess Fletch, which I was not expecting anything of, but thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Banshee's Ignition, as you mentioned. And this is a funny part is, and I don't know if they, if they count as this year or not, mm. because there were quite a few films from 2022 or 2021 that I watched as part of our Oscars episode. <coughs> yeah. Which right. had, were still in, were still theatrical in Australia in, at the start of the year. Yeah. So I'm never really sure if they counted or not. It's because I drive my car. Um, yeah. Which was absolutely fantastic. But all of those, um, um, what was the Guillermo del Toro one? Um, Oh uh, yes, uh, the Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, I thought was really strong. Yeah, like, there was you know a bunch of those a bunch of those Oscar Oscar films um, could have been included on my list for this year because I did only watch them for the first time this year. But I was I try to try to keep it for yeah twenty twenty two yeah twenty twenty two films that well, were released here were released mm -hmm. this year everywhere. Guaranteed, there are going to be movies all throughout the year that I watched from from 2022. I'm like, oh, damn it, yeah. god damn. Um, and no doubt there's a uh, going to be frustration with some people watching, going, "Why the fuck didn't you choose this? Why didn't you choose that?" But, you know, that's, whatever. That's uh, that's how you kind of have to preference these lists. This is of what I saw and how I feel right now. That could yep. change in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So there we go. Watch, I could the, watch Top Gun Maverick again next week and go. This should have been my number one. <laughs> I don't think so, but it could happen. <laughs> well, there we are. There we go. Our top 10 of 2022. Um, that was fun. We'll have a couple more videos, no doubt, for you all before we return. The show comes back on March 6th. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. All things Good Movie Monday because plenty to come this year. Thanks, Ben. That was fun. Thank you. And I'll see you on the next video whenever that might be.